um, I'll tell you about the movie clip I was going to show you. Um, something about me that you can learn right now is that I like rugby. Anybody ever seen rugby before? Yeah, good. So a lot of us, okay, a few of us. So I grew up watching rugby because my dad grew up in South Africa and they play rugby there. And so he grew up playing rugby. We would watch rugby together. And so I would watch the South Africa national team uh, play rugby. Go Springboks. Go John Mark. Yes, he did. Yep, he did. Did y'all know that? So, um, so here's the thing, though. Spring, uh, the Springboks are really good at rugby, and they've won uh, three World Cups. And so I actually got to watch one uh, when I was growing up as a kid. But here's the thing. They won one back in 1995. Everyone say 1995. And there's a movie about it, and the movie is called Invictus. Anybody seen it? A few people. Yes, it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. Um, but here's the thing is that uh, the name of the movie, so it's about the South Africa rugby team. It's about uh, a lot of racial division. It's about a president uh, of their nation named Nelson Mandela, who's an incredible man. He brought people together. It was amazing. And sports bringing people together. Um, but his favorite poem was called Invictus. And so that's why the movie's named that. And it's a beautiful poem. But here's the thing. Let me just tell you this. Here's how the poem ends. And this is why it's important. Here's how the poem ends. It's a poem about taking control of your own fate. At the very end, if you caught this, he says, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Okay? And that's how it ends, and it's a really dramatic, it's a dramatic poem about taking control of your fate. Um, and I love that movie, and when I heard that poem the first time, I was like, I was pumped, I was psyched. I was like, yeah, I'm the master of my fate. You know, but then I started to think like, but really, am I, you know, like, am I actually the master of my fate? Like, can I actually be the captain of my soul? And I started to think about that and just think, is that like a little bit prideful uh, of me to say and actually think? And, and here's the thing is that it's actually really popular today to, to actually believe just that, that, that we can kind of control what's going on in our life. It's really popular to say things like, um, you know, I'm going to create my own reality, right? I'm going to create the reality around me or, or things like, um, you know, this is, this is my truth and therefore that's the way I'm going to live or, or just think positive thoughts. Or maybe on the other side of it, it's like, I'm just going to work hard. And so it's going to work out for me or, uh, or hustle culture, right? Just like, if you work hard, it's going to be all right. Um, and, and actually Nike has a shirt, um, that I saw that says, write the future, Right? They have those cool shirts. It literally says, write the future. And, and here's the thing. is that Not all those things are completely wrong. Like the choices you make, they do affect uh, your future and your life. Uh, but here's my question. If, if we've bought into that vision for our life, then um, where are we making space for prayer in our life? Like are we giving God access into writing our story? Or are we like, no, 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 God. I'm going to write my future. You know, I'll take care of this one. God, because I, actually I'm the captain of my soul. I'm the, the master of my fate. And so you see, tonight we're talking about prayer and we're going to talk about prayer for our own lives. Okay. But last week we talked about prayer with God as the focus. And we said, if we don't really know how to pray, then it's going to just drift into selfishness, right? And we'll only ever pray when we're in crisis mode. But I do think that we need to pray about our own lives. We need to pray about what's going on in our lives. And so tonight we're going to talk about how to do that uh, and, and say no to that lie that I can actually be the captain of of my own life, uh, but actually make room for God and let him write our story. So that's the thing is that we're all writing a story for our life. 
And we actually talked about this a little bit on Sunday in a different context, but there's these storylines that we can kind of live by. We talked about it at Fall Retreat as well, that we can choose that American teenage story. We can kind of go with that. We can go with the American dream story. We can go with the story of, of I'm just going to work hard and I'm going to overcome and all that. Um, or, or we can choose the story of, of Jesus. And, but here's what happens when, when we think about uh, choosing the story that I'm going to be the captain of myself. I'm going to be my own master. Is that way too often prayer becomes our last resort. Right? Prayer last step. Because if I'm the captain of my soul, if I'm the master of my fate, then it means I'm going to think about stuff. I'm going to worry about stuff. I'm going to make decisions. I'm going to take action. I'm going to talk about things with my friends and my family, and I'm just going to do it. And then before I do it, I'll be like, oh yeah, and God blessed that, that I already did. Like, Make sure that what I've already chosen to do is a good idea, God. Like, just make sure that it all works out. And, and here's the thing is that prayer is not our last resort. Prayer should be our first reaction. You know, like those react, you know, like when you go to the doctor and they take that little thing and there's like a reflex and they hit your knee and it goes, woo. Y'all remember that? Yeah, that's happened to me before. And, uh, and here's the thing is that that should be prayer in our life. Like that should be the gut react. Like when things happen to me, I want to pray about it. When something happens and I don't know how to process it, I take it to the Lord. When, when there's something coming up that I know I need to make the right decision, I start praying about it, right? It should be our reflex, not our Last resort, oh yeah, 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 God, oh, make sure that you bless that, that I've already done, right? And so, um, prayer's a mystery, and guys, I don't, I don't know why God chose to let us pray. You ever wonder about that? Like, God, wouldn't it be easier if you just did it all? Right? Like, wouldn't it be easier if you just made the world perfect? Wouldn't it just be easier if I didn't have to take all that time to pray? It's a mystery, but God actually, He wants to partner with us. He wants us to be a part of what He's doing in the world, and so he's allowed us the, the privilege to pray and ask him to come do it. And so, uh, man, the world would be prettier if God was a micromanager who didn't let you have any space, right? He just, like, always did it for you, you know? But, but here's the thing is there wouldn't be space for love in our life, to choose relationship, to choose to pray, to choose to talk to God. And so instead, God's created us with that opportunity. So let's read a couple of verses about, about prayer. Um, and again... I wish they were up there. Sorry, guys. Uh, Luke 11. This is, what, this is something that Jesus says. Here's the cool thing about, uh, about prayers. That Jesus, actually, he, he says that our prayers will be answered like way more than we actually think they will be. Because here's what he says in Luke 11, verse 9 and 10. Uh, this is Jesus talking. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. That is crazy talk. Because when I pray most of the time, I pray like, yeah, like God, if you feel like it, or maybe, you know, if you could kind of do this, but like, it's okay if you don't do it. Like if it's according to your will, right? And, and Jesus is like, just ask. Like just seek God. Like knock on his door. Do you know how personal that is? Uh, this week we had someone accidentally, they went to the wrong apartment and they tried to just walk into our apartment, uh, and it was locked. So we just hear this, like the doorknob turns and it's like, and it was like, what? And then they started banging on the door and like, that's a personal thing. It's like, Hey, that's my door, you know? And, and so, but Jesus is like, no, like ask for God, like ask for my father and then seek him out. And then when you find him, like start banging on his door. 
That's a personal thing, right? And so I think Jesus is like, man, I'm way more willing to answer your prayer. I'm way more willing than you think I am. Why don't you pray like God actually is going to answer your prayer? I think that honors God when we're bold with our prayers, when we actually believe he's going to answer them. And you see, remember our natural drift in our prayer life is towards selfishness. But, but if you're just thinking, man, God doesn't answer my prayers or like he never listens to me, it might just time to be reflect on how am I praying? What's my relationship with God actually like? Is it full of insecurity and actually very little faith? Maybe we need to start taking ownership and saying, God, answer my prayer. I'm knocking on your door. And guys, we have to remember that we live in a broken world. And the God of this age is the devil, and he's the accuser, and he's feeding off our sin, and, and not every prayer gets answered, right? We've all had prayers that didn't go answered. And, and I think sometimes maybe it's because God knows better for us, and if he answered every prayer I've ever prayed, my life would be a mess probably, because he's not a genie in a bottle, right? But also, there's some really good prayers, prayers for healings, things like that, that sometimes don't get answered because the kingdom has come in Jesus, but it's not full yet. It's not fully here yet. And we know that because we look around and there's brokenness everywhere, right? So we have to know it's not that every prayer is going to get answered, um, but every prayer uh, where God's going to use it to, to honor, uh, to build his kingdom, he, I think he's way more willing than we think he is. And as we ask and seek and knock, I believe that he will answer. Let's keep going. This actually, as we keep going in the passage, it tells us what type of prayers Jesus is talking about. We go in verse 11. It says this, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Or if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father, listen up, Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Okay, what's the type of prayer that God is always going to answer? God, give me your Holy Spirit. And the, the example is hilarious because he's saying, no dad is like, uh, you know, hey, you, oh, you want an egg? Here's a scorpion, you know? Like, no one did that. Not even the worst dad does that because it's weird. Because <laughs> no one would ever think of doing that, you know? Um, but, but here's the thing is that God's not out to get you. He's a good father. He wants to answer your prayer. And specifically, he wants to answer the prayer requests that are going to result in more of the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay, not every prayer that we ask, even the good ones, they don't always result in more Holy Spirit in your life. But you want God to start answering prayers? Start asking for more of His Spirit. And He will be faithful to do that. This is a promise from God. He will give you His presence, perfection inside of you, the very God that we worship inside of you. I mean, that is about the greatest thing that you could ever hear. God wants to live inside of you. He wants to be with you forever, all the time. And so, man, call on Him to give you more of the Holy Spirit. He's going to answer those prayers. Okay, so what's really, what am I trying to say tonight? Really, I want, I want you to remember these things. I want, I want us to write our story through prayer more than we try and write the story ourselves, more than we just try and make decisions and do things. Uh, I, want, I, I want our time to be spent on our knees. That's the most productive time that you will ever have in your life. Prayer time is way more productive than trying to plan your future and make the right decisions and do all this stuff. It's not a waste of time. And then you'll be tempted to think that you are the master of your fate and the captain of your soul, but that's not true. As fun as that movie is. Um, and so, hey, we make wise decisions, but we make them out of the place of prayer. Okay, so now we're going to get practical, and I'm going to do this so fast. So number one, it's on your handout. The number first, first practical type of prayer that is about our life is surrender, okay? So did you know that we're called to surrender to God? 
Did you know that it's safe to surrender to God? Maybe not safe in like, like you're going to grow up and, and you're going to like live in a beautiful house in the suburbs with, with like a, a spouse and you're going to have 2.5 kids and you're going to have two cars and, and you're just going to have like the greatest little, you're going to live in Burleson. You're just going to, it's just going to be amazing. And oh, 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 Eric's like, easy, man. That's my childhood. Um, so, but, 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 but. Like, if you don't want to let, if you don't want to waste your life, then the safest bet is to surrender to God. Okay? If you don't want to waste your life, then the safest bet is to surrender everything to the Lord. Okay? And that starts in the place of prayer. And so prayers that are simple, like, Jesus, you're the king of my life. Lord, have your way in me. Have your way in this day. Those prayers are so important. Next one, confession and repentance. What is confession? Confessing your sins, telling God about the sin in your life. This is such a, a healthy practice for us because we just think uh, we're always on the hide mode. You know, it's just because shame is the, the result of sin. Sin produces shame. The first thing that Adam and Eve did when they sinned was go hide from God. It's crazy because the time that they most needed God was when they were in sin, and that was the time that they ran away. It's just ridiculous. That's what sin does. And so when we start getting in a habit of telling God about our, the sin in our life, it's so healthy for our soul. And he knows what's going on in our life, but he's honored by us just telling him. And repentance just means turning away from sin and turning towards God. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus has already done everything necessary to forgive your sin. So all we have to do is just repent. Okay? Don't be scared of turning to God in the midst of your sin. That's shame talking. We don't listen to him. Number three, bold requests. I already kind of mentioned this, but I think God's really honored when we pray bold things. Like we pray big things. Like we pray things that we could not do without God. Okay, and so bold requests, they're, they're bold and clear and specific about the things that they're asking for. And so it could just be, God, I trust you. Um, but listen, it's like, it's like I believe that you're actually going to answer this prayer. And so I'm going to pray something that I don't even want other people to hear me say because it's so big. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's just like, wow, imagine that, imagine that, uh, like the Hillsong worship team moved to Fort Worth, you know, like, let it be Lord. Um, uh, and they started coming to Antioch and, uh, and we're like, okay, we got to find a good place for these, these guys. And so they're like, Hey, we want to like serve at youth, you know, and I'm like, awesome. That's great. And they're like, okay, is there anything that you want us to do? And I'm like, watch the ping pong paddles and make sure we have enough because we might lose them, okay? This is my request to you. And so, like, I had, like, you know, Brooke Fraser just in the corner, like, I'm just watching the ping pong paddles, you know? Like, I'm being faithful. It's like, that's what we do when we're asking God, like, oh, Lord, help me get a B in chemistry, you know? It's like, is that all you think I can do? You know, I mean, and, and if I'm like, ah, like, I just don't know, like, what if they're just, they're sick of doing worship, and so they don't want to, like, lead that, and so I'm just going to make sure they do the ping pong paddles. Maybe they can upgrade to doing trash. I don't know. But it's like, when we pray like that to God, it's like, man, like, who do you believe you worship? Right? And what, what kind of things are you asking God to do? Are you asking God to do things that you could do yourself at all times? Or are you asking God to do the things that you cannot do that you need a miracle for? And so bold requests are like, God, save a thousand people in my school this year. Like, I don't even know. I mean, maybe, I guess you could, if you counted it out, like maybe you could do that in a year. But that's really hard. I mean, you have to save a person in the morning and noon and, and evening. I mean, it's like, it would be crazy. And so 
I'm just saying, like, what if we started asking God to do things that we couldn't do? What if we started asking uh, audacious prayers? What if we started praying for cancer to vanish? What if we started praying for, for God to give us a car for free? I mean, things that we cannot do, and we started asking God. And the, the thing on there is uh, BHAP, B-H-A-P, right? What does that stand for? A big, hairy, audacious prayer, okay? I need everybody to come up with a BHAP prayer and start praying it consistently, right? And so something that's big, something that you could not do, start praying for that and watch God answer it, right? That, that would be a miracle. Ephesians 3.20 says that God can do more, uh, far more abundantly than we can ask or think. What? Think of the biggest thing you could ever think of right now. Imagine, just think of it. The biggest thing ever in the whole world. Think of it. Ah! God can do more of that. He can do more. He can do way more. Not even way more. He can do far more abundantly more. That's a lot of adjectives. What? Right? Anything you can think. And I can think of a lot of big things. Oh, my goodness. I can think of way big things. God can do more than it. Okay, next one. Um, uh, uh, tongues. Ooh, tongues. Oh, spiritual. Um, so tongues, here's the thing. I, just, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time, but I want this to make sense for us. Is that when we talk about this spiritual gift of tongues, there's really kind of two different categories, okay? So one would be like, you, you, um, in the power of the Holy Spirit, you actually physically speak another human language that exists. You start speaking Italian. You start sharing the gospel in Italian. You're like, I've never taken Italian classes. What's happening? The Holy Spirit's happening. So that would be one version. That's like what happened in Acts 2, okay? But there's another version that Paul talks about in Scripture um, that is like a personal prayer language. And it's literally, it's like a spiritual language. It's speaking in spirit because it's the Holy Spirit who's talking and praying for you. And so it sounds like gibberish. Um, and it's not for other people. It's for you and God to, to commune together. And so let's look at a couple of Scriptures. I think they, are they, I don't know if they're written on there. I think they're on the screen. Okay, Romans eight twenty six. <laughs> Um, I want that to work next week. Okay, Romans 8.26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What is Paul saying? He's saying there are times where you don't know what to pray. It's, it's like, it's just because I'm human, I'm limited, I don't know what to pray. And in those moments, the Holy Spirit starts praying for me, and it's, it's like groanings too deep for words. It's like, ah, oh, this isn't even my language, and yet it's, it's what I was made for. And, and, and the Holy Spirit prays for things that you don't even know to pray for. Um, and so in another verse here, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 2 and 4. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, not to other people, but to God. For, for, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So he's trying to make a distinction between tongues and prophecy. Prophecy is for other people. It's God's word for other people. But praying in a, in a spiritual tongue, it's, it's mysterious. It's a mystery. It's like you don't even know what you're praying for, but you're communing with God, and he's praying for things that you didn't even know you needed to. Um, one clarification. Not everybody has this gift. And Paul actually specifically says in 1 Corinthians 14, I wish everybody had this. He like just comes out and says it like, ah, I pray in tongues more than anybody. He says that in verse 18, okay? But the reality is that, that not everybody has it. So if you're already like, like in comparison mode, like, I don't, I've never done that. Who does that? I don't know. Are they better than me? Just, it's okay. 
I mean, try, ask the Lord for it. It's really edifying. I, the time I pray most in tongues is on mission trips because we're like, we're extended, like God's doing stuff. I can't control anything. And so I'm like, ah, Lord, pray. And, and so you need this. You need this too, but you don't, you may not have it. And that's okay. Uh, walk with the Lord and what you're called to be. Last one here is a prayer journal. Um, and guys, if you don't journal, um, I highly encourage you to journal. I'm horrible at journaling, and I didn't like it at all, and I really didn't get consistent at it probably until, like, I don't know, 2018 or something, and uh, just for those of you who were wondering, that was after I was a youth pastor, and so it's, it's just, there's grace, there's grace, there's grace, um, but it's really good to journal because um, the quote on your handout is that the weakest ink is better than the strongest memory. You might think, man, all these experiences with God, they're going to stay with me forever, and I'm going to think about them every single day for the rest of my life. And then, like, you know, it's next week, and you had a test, and you're like, what did God say last week? I don't remember, but I remember it being, like, really important for my life, you know? And so if you journal it and write it down, you're going to be able to look it back up. And um, just um, uh, to spur you on, um, uh, Pastor Jamie, he's got journals back to, like, the 80s. And so he's got, like, he can look up, like, oh, yeah, what did God say when I first started following Jesus? And, And he can just literally pull it up. And so, man, don't you want that, like, Ah, I want that desperately for it to be like 20, you know, 55. And I'm like, what did God say that one time at youth group? And pull it up, right? And so journal. And actually, I found that it helps my prayer life if I start writing out my prayers. It like it leads into another one. And so I encourage you to do that too. All right. Let's pray and and go to our DJ.